Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my mom and co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Well, it's uh, fun for me today to be in the studio with you because I'm usually in California, and but I'm in New York because we've been doing some television here. So uh, it's a, a very, very fun to be here. And I just want to remind people that uh, this show is brought to you not only by Open to Hope but by the Compassionate Friends. And we're going to be talking about an important topic today, Heidi, uh, stillbirth. Yes, we are, Mom. And um, we're going to be talking with the, a, a husband-wife team, which I love because I love hearing a female perspective and a, and a guy perspective just because they can be similar and then they can have differences. Absolutely. So we will be talking with uh, Brooke Hopkins and Robert Hopkins today. And in honor of their stillborn child, Kelly Ryan, they started the Kelly Ryan Foundation. By sharing their story and resources, they hope to support the one in four women and their families who have suffered pregnancy or infant loss with burial or cremation costs. Welcome to the show, Brooke and Robert. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on. Now, I don't think people really um, understand a lot about uh, the difference. What is a stillbirth as compared with um, uh, a pregnancy? Uh, a pregnancy or, loss. Yeah, a pregnancy the- loss. So stillbirth um, is a baby after 20 weeks that has passed in a womb, and uh, it doesn't get a lot of talk, I guess is the best way to say it. I mean, you're not talked about, told about it. When you're in a doctor's office, it never comes up that this could happen. Mm-hmm. So 2012, Robert and I had, uh, we've already had two beautiful young girls and was pregnant again with my last. And... Uh, Went to the doctor several times, no issues, had a very, very boring, if you would, pregnancy. There was no hiccups whatsoever. And at 39 weeks, went in for my last appointment. Uh, Just, you know, your last one to check on everything, make sure everything's great. And there was no heartbeat. Wow. And, you know, the doctor looked at me, you know, we've become friends after three pregnancies here. And he had tears in his eyes, and I, I just I couldn't imagine. I, it just was never spoken to me about. And how would you and why would you think that could happen to you when everything was so normal? So our world was upside down. And in a matter of planning and having her nursery set up, in the same moment, the doctor was telling us that we had to prepare for a burial. Oh, my goodness. Which and was Robert, were you there? in the same, same realm of thought. Robert was not with me. Wow. Um, Robert was home on a conference call, wow. and uh, I called my mom from the hot, the office number and of course no one answers the phone because they don't recognize the number mm-hmm. and so I had to keep calling and she had to go downstairs and tell Robert. Well, well like, you, like you said Brooke I mean here you've had two daughters so you're on your third pregnancy and, and this is and I, I have a child I had a child I have one child biologically and one adopted but mm-hmm. they don't say anything like this in the doctor's office so of course you're not going to know and then all of a sudden I mean what how many weeks along were you it was after 20 weeks right? 39 weeks, yeah. 39 weeks, yep. and, and you had no idea that Kelly Ryan wouldn't be born totally healthy. I did not, That's and again, really there were shocking. absolutely no hiccups. It was uh, very normal. Unbelievable. Yep. And so, Robert, yep. her mother comes down and tells you, what a shock for you. Yes. Um, you, can compare, you can prepare yourself for the loss of your parents, even, maybe even the loss of a sibling if you have one. But the loss of a child... I was in disbelief. Um, I remember the day it was raining, and I just could not believe it. Mm-hmm. 
So then, what? How did it go? Did you did you both go to the hospital then for yeah. delivery? Or and see, that's a, one of the things that people don't talk about, think about, or even talk about, mm-hmm. or you know, that they're going to have to deliver a baby who is not viable. That not that was the disbelief for me when the doctor said you're going to have to prepare for not only a burial, and I thought, okay, so we're going to have a C-section. He said, no, you will deliver her. And that's where I kind of, I broke down and just thought, wow, I'm not sure I can do this. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, you have to. And I, right. to this day, I don't know how I did, but, mm-hmm. um, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Robert, talk about you're going to support her. That must have been hell. Yeah, it was uh, extremely traumatic in disbelief and, you know, being her husband and, you know, wanted to protect her and my girls, you know, I felt, I felt powerless and I felt, uh, just, you know, what did I do wrong to potentially cause this? How did this, how could this happen? You know, um, it was just, uh, I was, we were both so grief stricken in awe and shock. Uh, we didn't know how to proceed. Now, who told the girls? I think, Robert, you must have, or my, I mean, that week is really a blur to me, but I think. We didn't even say anything so much until maybe the day of the hospital, Robert. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a that was a tough decision. Um, we spent about eight hours with Kelly in the hospital after she was delivered, and you know we cherished that time. Um, I tech cherish it especially because for me, with my my two uh, you know um, older children. It was that when I built that bond with them, and to be able to spend time with her was very special. And uh, I made the decision that the girls were not going to meet Kelly, um, just based on I don't know how they'd handle it, death, um, and uh, we felt it wasn't appropriate at the time. But looking back, my eldest daughter, Kate, Still is mad at me for not letting her meet Kelly. Oh, interesting. How old was she at the time? Uh, she was uh, four and a half. And how old was the younger one? Two. The young, younger one was uh, two, two. two and, and a so half. So the one that was four and a half is, is angry with you that, you, that she never she's got to meet her sister. She's an old soul. Yeah, she yeah. understood. She had already bonded with Kelly. You know, yeah. I mean, she's home with me, so she, you know, mm-hmm. I was clearly pregnant. So right, exactly. She's, she's still, both girls, though, draw Kelly into every picture. Mm-hmm. Um, we since have had another child mm-hmm. after two miscarriages after Kelly. But um, mm-hmm. Kate still is that very motherly, you know, very... How old is she now? She's seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, so. I always say, you know, you can re- repeat to her, uh, you know, we did the best we could at the, the time. time. I mean, yes. that's all we can all do is the best yeah. we could and at the time. I'm wondering about ritual. Sometimes people ask us, I mean, we've heard people on the show say things like, they had their children that are now living write letters and mail them to Kelly, I mean, metaphorically, or send balloons up mm-hmm. to Kelly. I mean, you guys may have done some We've of this We've done stuff. the balloons from yeah. her first birthday to even the day of the burial. Mm-hmm. We did not have the girls come, but we had the, I guess, reception, if you would. We had everyone back to the house. There was about 100 people here. Mm-hmm. And we released balloons separately and privately oh, with just the girls. Okay. That's a nice so, ritual. And and that is a huge piece for me for the foundation was that ritual in that people need to grieve. But mm-hmm. if you have to worry about finances mm-hmm. when you are grieving, it both, you know, it's just it's very disruptive. Yes. So talk to so. talk to us about what you've been doing, because I know mm-hmm. uh, we've talked to people at First Candle about they think you're pretty fabulous. And we do, oh, too. Well, thank you. About thank you. Uh, the efforts you've made to help people who can't afford a burial. 
Well, to date, in the three years that we've been live with this, we've paid for 36 burials. Wow, that's amazing. And when I say pay for it, it hasn't been that hefty price of 1000 or more. We've been able to work with funeral homes in the area that are willing to work with us. So we've raised over $100,000 to do that. Wow. And, again, it's very important to us because Robert can speak about this in a minute. But he, I would say up until probably last year, went to the cemetery every day. Mm -hmm. um, so for him and to see that ritual that he needs to have that is very important to us. And that if a lot of people have to have the hospital take care of the baby, that's, that's upsetting to me um, to find out that they didn't have a choice, that the hospital just had the baby cremated. Whether they wanted the baby cremated or not, that upsets me mm -hmm. um, because of funds, because of funding. When a lot of funeral homes will work with you, a lot of funeral homes have paid for a burial, mm -hmm. um, and then others will not. So those that will not work with them, that's where I feel very fortunate that we can help the families so that they have their ritual, and I think that's really important in grieving. Mm -hmm. You know, what I like about what you're talking about, what you and Robert are doing, is this. Not only are you helping individual families, but this is awareness. I mean, you're making funeral homes. You're making hospitals. You're making people aware of the importance. Yes. Because I don't think people always know that. And, Robert, uh, what, about, what about men? Do you think that um, they kind of follow uh, the wives or whatever? Are men aware of what they need? You know, they're, they're not. Uh, is what I've seen, you know, having um, gotten into this community, this society, if you want to call it, uh, because it really is a hidden society. Uh, I've met people and shared my story, and they say, you know, I'm a member. I've had people, you know, in business functions reach out to me. And it really is, it's not something you, most people openly talk about. Uh, and, you know, for a guy, it's, it's, at least from my experience, it's harder to handle. Um, and talking about men who have been through it, you know, we all kind of handle it different ways. As Brooks said, uh, you know, being in sales, I've had the freedom and working out of the house to, you know, during my lunch break, I would go to the cemetery, which is a short distance from our house, and go see Kelly. And that was my way of grieving and talking to her and letting her know how much I loved her. But talking to other males that I've met, you know, some didn't have that ability or didn't get to see the child. And, you know, there's a lot of regret inside them uh, that they, they couldn't be there and, and, and hold their child, which many of them couldn't in, in the past. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you that, was the hospital really supportive? It sounds like it must have been. You were there for a while or no? Our hospital was very supportive. We had um, the fortunate... I guess, if, if you could say that, to have a very sweet young nurse who's been a nurse for 13 years, but just young in heart, and was amazing. She was amazing. She's become a great friend. She's actually the godmother to our fourth child. Wow, that's, um, a, that's incredible. It is incredible. Um, it's a small hospital in the, you know, within the Yale mm -hmm. practice now, so we were very fortunate. We have found that that's not the case for everybody. Right, uh, the nurse that we had, her name is Alicia. Mm -hmm. She and I have gone back to the hospital, and we've done some sensitivity trainings with some, you know, interns, pastoral care, some of the doctors, just to make sure that everyone's on the same page with that. I love that, and that's so needed because, like you said, we have heard horror stories where people weren't oh, even course. allowed to hold their babies. Mm -hmm. They were just yep. whisked away, and yep. that was it. And uh, I love the fact that you get to you got to spend eight. What was it? Eight hours. Holding we Kelly could have spent all week with her. St. Rayfield amazing. was great. They've let other people. We kind of chose B 
because we were not sure when Kelly had passed, so she had been, um, you know, it, it was she needed to be at rest. So it was. Now talk a little bit about um, miscarriage as mm-hmm. as compared with stillbirth. I mean, well, I, I yeah, I was going to say. say that too, Mom, because Brooke went on to say that she had two miscarriages after Kelly died, mm-hmm. and I've had two miscarriages as well, and that's another very minimized, unacknowledged loss. Absolutely, the doctor told me after Kelly had passed, you know, there was no rhyme or reason for it. We had the we didn't do an autopsy, but they did the placental review, and there was nothing founded. So. When I went on to have another pregnancy, the doctor said, well, this is normal for someone your age. I thought, really? So, you know, that is very, um, that's, I mean, it's not compassionate, but you, you feel so big mm-hmm. that that's just a horrible feeling to keep with you. And so I, we didn't tell anybody. And then I was fortunate enough to get pregnant again. And this time, I, you know, we were telling people and that we were excited because it was a longer pregnancy already. And then when I miscarried um, another girl, so they were all girls, oh, wow. it was very disheartening. And I just said, we're done. That's it. No more. Mm-hmm. Walk it away. Done. <laughs> and clearly someone else had another plan. I so. was going to say, but then you went on to have a child, right? Well, and that was fortunate because we were not thinking about mm-hmm. it. It was, you know, a year after those. And But the miscarriages, you know, I felt so ashamed to even talk about it because I was thinking, what was I thinking here? I just lost a baby at full term. What made me think that I would be able to carry another child? Mm. Um, and so that's upsetting because you can't talk about it, and you don't feel like you should talk about it, especially after feel, having a stillbirth. And so. did you feel like your body? You you couldn't. You didn't feel like you could talk about it after a stillbirth. And did you feel like your body was letting you down at that point, or not really? I I was just angry. I don't know. I yeah. think I was just angry. It wasn't even let down of myself. It was mm-hmm. just it wasn't meant to be, and mm-hmm. I was just angry. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. You know, Robert made a comment that I thought was really interesting when you said uh, that you went to see uh, Kelly Ryan. Mm-hmm. You, you felt like uh, questioned, or after she died, uh, was born stillbirth, that you wondered what you had done wrong. That's so interesting mm-hmm. because you hear women say that all the say time that. because mm-hmm. they're carrying the baby, but the reality is you got 50% of the action there to begin with. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I felt, you know, responsible, and um, what did I do wrong? What could I do to have protected Kelly and Mm -hmm. potentially brought her home? Um, You know, going back, I know the pregnancy was perfectly normal, you know, after this being our third child. But then, you know, a night or two before, Brooke said, you know, my stomach's bugging me. I don't feel good. Well, if we would have gone to the hospital, would have that saved her? I keep thinking that. You know, mm-hmm. should I have insisted on that? But you don't, you don't know. Right. Well, we knew we had that doctor's appointment the next day, so it was one of those. I know I'm going. I'd called a few times in the months before, and everything was fine. So you know you're already going on Friday, and here it is Thursday night, but... And, and it's In such hindsight, a, it's such do a, I blame myself? Yes. <laughs> it's such a judgment call, too, sure. Brooke, as you know, because you don't want to cry wolf. Right. You know, and it's like of the course. doctors don't want you to. And it's like sure. to know, okay, wait, is this normal? Is this not normal? It's it's really a hard call, like you said. Yep. And then and then I'm wondering, you know, kick counts and all that kind of thing. What did you do with that last pregnancy? Oh, my gosh. Uh, counting you, kicks? Yeah. Were you thinking about all well, that? Well, Allison or? and Chris and everybody at First Candle will get upset. I did not do kick counts. <laughs> because Thank I goodness. You would have driven yourself that crazy. I was pregnant again, and I just didn't think this was a viable pregnancy. Uh-huh. They kept telling me I was going to the Yale specialty. Uh-huh. I would get the ultrasound twice a month at some months, and they said I could come in any time I wanted to, but... 
I just, I did not bond with her while mm. she was mm-hmm. with me. Um, I just, I didn't believe it. I wouldn't look at the ultrasound pictures because I didn't want to be let down again. Yeah, that makes because sense. Because they kept telling me everything was fine. Yeah. I did make sure that I felt her. I was much more aware towards mm-hmm. the end, of course, but... I did not do kick counts. Um, yeah. And so you must have been surprised when you delivered a baby that was healthy and lived. Yeah, and I, I was in disbelief when I was holding her. I think Robert can speak to that. I mean, I he, had a, he had to take her the minute she was born. Yeah. It, was a, it was a very fun pregnancy. We had some great support nurses that were with me with all the other children, and so they all came to my, my side, and I got to bring in my own team of nurses, which was amazing. Wow. Wow. Now, Robert, yeah. I have been at deliveries of my daughters and I have to say that it's not my favorite thing <laughs> when no, when they're actually being born when the head's coming right before it's, it's scary it's stressful whether they're going to take that first breath or not it must have been frightening for you it was very um, very scary but it, as Brooke said we had what I'll call the dream team there mm-hmm. we had a nurse with 44 years experience another nurse with at least 13 uh, even the nurses at the hospital were like, I think you guys are in good hands. Wow. <laughs> they were monitoring everything. Um, it, it was a, you know, a, a rightening for me, and I don't mean that in, in any disrespect um, to, to Kelly, but I felt like, you know, for in, to some degree, you know, um, we had come back and we have a little daughter now who is eight months old, and mm. she is the light of my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy seeing her in the morning and at night, and it really is a big thing. But, yes, the pregnancy was very stressful for both of us, um, and up until we held her in our, our arms, it was, um, it was a little overwhelming at times. So, you know, I want to ask you both before we finish the show, what advice would you have? Um, let's start with you, Brooke, for somebody who has had a stillbirth or um, has had any kind of a pregnancy loss. What would your advice be, especially that first year? Oh, I mean, there's so much advice. I mean, just time. You know, I think. Oh, um, oh, I think Rose Kennedy said, you know, time does not heal everything. You will always have that pain, but that. Each day it does get a little bit better, mm-hmm. uh, but just to cherish those memories and everything you did because it wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so if you if you want that rainbow baby, just you have to believe in it, and, and it can happen. Um, and I've got to say, I've got to say, Brooke, mm-hmm. about the rainbow baby and that it can happen. Mm-hmm. Children come to us in many ways. Yep. And after my two miscarriages, I flew to China and got my daughter. So yeah. there are many ways for those mm-hmm. of you that are out there. If if that is a goal, it won't replace the babies nothing, we've lost. Nothing will However, replace. if you wanted a baby in your life, there's many ways to get it. And there are also nephews and nieces and all That's sorts it. of other yep. things that you yep. can invest in. So we, you know, people do need to continue with that hope. So uh, Robert, what's your piece of advice for guys out there? Well, let's start with uh, miscarriages. What's your advice for that? And then let's go to stillbirth. Because you know, I think it, it, guys are not, you know, miscarriages are kind of odd for guys because sometimes people don't even know their wives are pregnant. Yeah, um, I think you just need to be sensitive to your wife and the environment they're going through and and really, you know, be that, that arm to lean on, that shoulder to lean against. 
um, be supportive and understand because it is really a traumatic experience. You don't realize how traumatic until you go through it with your significant other, uh, w- with the miscarriage. With with the stillborn, you know, reach out to, you know, special groups and, and talk to them. There are several out there, uh, you know, and, 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 and chat with them. Find support groups. They can obviously reach out to us. We're happy to share our experience. You know, everyone has their own way of grieving. Um, Brooke dove into reading books and knowledge, and mine was going to the cemetery and being with her and just talking to her, telling how much I love her and being with her and spending time with her. Yeah, that's that's awesome and and that's and, and tell us again, uh, people who have had a loss and or if we know people who have family members, you're willing to talk to them and help them with burial, cremation costs, uh, that kind of thing. How do people find you? So we have a website which is kellyryanfoundation.org. We also have a Facebook page which is Kelly Ryan Foundation, um, and then local hospitals can reach out to us. But again, they'd have to, you know the hospital would have to know. But I've had several people call from their delivery room um, that have gotten word from us. So in Connecticut, the hospitals do know about us. We do extend our help to New Jersey and New York as well. So anyone listening, if you know somebody that has had this happen to a loved one or to yourself, then to please, you know, find us, call us, and we can um, work with you. And, and your if, you, if you work in a hospital or involved with a hospital, please let them know about yeah. this. So yeah, when yeah. It we happens, come out, we can do available. some trainings with you as well. Yeah, it's wonderful. An, it's an amazing service, Brooke and Robert, and thank you for all you're doing. Well, thank you. For all those out there that have, that have had a loss. And I know that Kelly and Ryan is your, Kelly Ryan is your inspiration, and she is your guiding light. Absolutely. And we do have our gala coming up May 6th in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, thank you both for being on the show. It's been uh, a pleasure to be involved thank with you. you. And thanks for all the wonderful work you're doing. Thank, thank you. you. It's a pleasure talking to both of you. Heidi, really important topic. And uh, I love what they're doing. You know, as I said, it's not just that they provide the service, but they're educating the world to know that there needs to be that kind of service and that there can be and you know important i agree with you and i love having the the husband wife team on it mm-hmm. was great and they're, they're together and what a great little family yeah we want to thank everybody for listening to the show today, and we hope you'll tell all your friends and family about this show and let people know about Open to Hope Foundation because we have hundreds of radio shows online with Heidi and I talking about a variety of subjects, and they're all packed for content, so you can go on and hear about different types of loss, but you can hear about the heroes. That's really what we're talking about here, isn't it, Heidi? Absolutely. There's so many angels on this earth and heroes doing this work. Absolutely. So uh, please spread the word around. And Heidi and I always want to say to you, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.